Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're walking through the pages of the Psalms, reading what the psalmist has to say about the Lord, and in particular, understanding what this reveals about God uh, himself to us, Colin, in the days in which we live. We're, we're towards Psalm 26 now. Yes, we, we, we've looked at Psalm 25 and we saw just how David could relate to the Lord in such a way that although he is the king of glory, although he is the great and mighty Lord, yet at the same time he is so intimately concerned and uh, about David and is involved in the circumstances of his life. And, and, and actually just at the latter part of Psalm 25, uh, David says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in thee, in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. You see, here is, here is one who really knows and understands how the Lord is concerned about all the circumstances of his life, even when everything appears negative. And, and this is what I would say to anybody listening who's having a really tough time, anyone who feels lonely, afflicted, feels that their troubles are multiplied, that they're in anguish and affliction and distress, turn to the Lord, call out to him, just understand he knows all about it. You don't have to tell him all about it. And he is concerned to be with you right in the middle of it and to help you. And so in, uh, in Psalm 26, in verse 2, we read, Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me, and I walk continually in your truth. Um, that's, a, that's a very good prayer. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. I, I think a lot of people would hold back from that, but I've found that it's a very good thing to do because, you see, our hearts are deceitful above all things. Sometimes we don't really perceive what is going on in our own hearts, and we need the Lord just to show us um, where our motives are wrong, where our intentions are mixed, where there's compromise, and where we're not sort of wholeheartedly given over to the Lord for his purposes. Um, and it's, he, God never does that examination in a negative way. It's not trying to pull us down. It's not trying to judge us or, or condemn us in any way whatsoever. But it is to set us free from those things that hinder us, set us free from the things that stand in the way of his best purposes for us, that he might prosper us. Um, and uh, see, David's, David wants all this because your love is ever before me. So he always knows that whatever God does in relation to him, he will always do it in love. So nothing to be afraid of praying a prayer like that. No, no, not at all, because God will only deal with you in love. And in the next psalm, in Psalm 27, he opens with the words, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, the Lord is on my side because I'm on the Lord's side. So I've got nothing to fear from anyone or anything. He goes on, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And David was the one who was often pursued by his enemies, often surrounded uh, by negative things and negative for forces and circumstances. But he knew, you see, that because his trust was in the Lord, then the Lord was his light, he was his savior, he was his salvation. The Lord was the stronghold, he was the rock, he was the one upon whom he could depend all the time. And for a king like that to say, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. I mean, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Absolute yes, I, you know, it's been said and it's very true. 
that um, you with the Lord are the majority. It doesn't matter how many are against you. If you have the Lord on your side, you're going to prevail. And it isn't that God is on our side against everybody else. He's always on the side of the truth because the Lord is always on his own side. So it's a question not so much of whether we're uh, of whether he's on our side, but whether we're on his side. But you see, the way it works is if you're on his side, then he's on your side because you're on his side, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, so that, um, you know, it, it's when we go against the Lord, when we want our own will and our own ways in opposition to his, that's when the trouble really starts. But David was so confident in God. He didn't waver, did he? No, he knew the faithfulness of God. And uh, we were talking last week about how um, David confronted Goliath, you see. His, his trust was completely in the Lord. He just knew that by the grace of God, he would not miss the mark. But when he, he um, slung that shot, it would, it would hit the mark straight away. He was, he was not just confident in his ability. He was confident that the Lord would not allow the enemy to prevail over him. He then, he then asks something. He wants one thing only. Yes. Um, you see, it's all down to relationship, isn't it? And what he wanted was, he puts it like this, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Um, what he's saying is, I want to know you, I want to be close to you, I want to worship you. Um, David was a king. He knew that he couldn't literally physically spend all his time in the temple. Uh, he had to go out and, and fulfill God's purpose for his life. But the desire of his heart was just to love the Lord and to be faithful and true to him. And that's that's very good motive, isn't it, for all of us. And if we go on to Psalm 28, well, no, let, let me just comment first at the end of Psalm 27. He says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You see, he knew that that uh, God was always faithful. And even if God didn't do everything in the way that David expected or even in the timing that David wanted, he knew that God was absolutely trustworthy to do what was right in the right way at the right time. And this is something we all have to learn, to wait for the Lord, to be strong, to take heart, put our trust in him, be confident in him, and wait for the Lord to act. That, that's so important, you know, because so often we try to act ourselves. We try to rush into situations and sometimes we make a glorious mess and we, we realize afterwards if only we'd just been patient and waited for the Lord to act, everything would have worked out so much better. And he says all this, he believes this, he knows this, because as he says at the beginning of Psalm 28, to you I call, O Lord, my rock. There it is again. We've, we've come up against that in some of the earlier Psalms that to David the Lord is his rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone down to the grave. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. Of course, the way that David would have prayed, the way Jesus prayed, the way that most people prayed was to lift their hands up to the Lord. That's why it's a good thing to pray like that today. It's like we're reaching up to heaven. But you see, it's interesting that he knows all these things about God. He is so confident in his God, yet he knows that when he approaches him, he is crying out for God to be merciful. Now, um, we, we've, we've seen that he is the Lord of glory. He is the King of glory. And yet when we read the Old Testament, uh, the writer to Hebrews bids us to 
come right up to the throne of God with sincere hearts in full assurance of faith. But it's not a throne of judgment. It's the throne of grace. And there, the scripture says, we will find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. This is one of the great things about prayer and about worship especially, that we worship the Lord of glory. We worship the one who is on the throne. But what he responds to us with is his mercy and his grace. And it helps us to remember that we never deserve anything from God. And yet he is so willing to bless, so willing to be merciful, so willing to pour out his grace. His grace is always sufficient for us that we can approach him with confidence, with sincere hearts, expecting him to respond. It's, it's wonderful how this great God invites us to come to him. Jesus said to people, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn of me. You see, there's this invitation all the time. Come to me, come to me, seek me, draw near to me, draw near to the throne of grace. There you're going to find mercy. There you're going to find grace. You see, this is a God who is approachable because he has approached us. He came to us. He shared our life. And so we live in Christ and Christ lives in us. It's all down to relationship and, and a very close and intimate relationship at that. And here we see at the end of this psalm again, Colin, how David really understood the heart of God towards him, which enabled him to be so confident. Yes, uh, all the time he is, he is, um, uh, he is expressing who the Lord is. First of all, of course, because he knows the Lord, but he knows also that the Lord will never change. You know, he says in verse 8 of Psalm 28, the Lord is the strength of his people a fortress of salvation for his anointed ones. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. I mean, this, this is wonderful, but you see, he's talking about what he knows of God. He's not talking about spiritual theory. He, he didn't get this from a book. He's the one who's writing the book. He's the one who's writing the Psalms. David got this understanding of who God is out of his relationship with God, out of his personal dialogue with God. So he knows the Lord is the strength of his people. He's a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. And of course, David knew that he was anointed, but you are anointed. I am anointed. Everyone who has received the Holy Spirit is anointed of God. So he is a fortress of salvation and he's our shepherd and he will carry us forever. It's, it's, it's all so wonderful. I, I keep saying that in these, these uh, present broadcasts about the Psalms because you know, he is just so wonderful. You read at the end of Psalm 29, the Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. This is not a far off, remote, distant God. This is a God who all the time, although he is the king enthroned forever, who is reaching out to his people, who's giving strength to his people, who's loving his people, being merciful to his people, who blesses his people with peace. And that peace is a total well-being of spirit, soul, and body. Here is a God who wants to share himself. Here is the God who wants to give himself. Here is the God who wants to be deeply, intimately involved in the daily circumstances of the lives of his people, even though they sin, even though they fail him, even though at times they grieve him, he will forgive them, he will restore them, he will bless them because he loves them. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 